0: Welcome to episode 69 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing whether or not isolation exercises are worth it, what to do if your shoulders are popping, and how to address plateauing weight loss. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: What is up, Achievers?
1: Jason, Epi- that was your most passionate episode 69 intro. You're very loud. <laughs> um, yeah, I
0: just wanted to get people into the show, you know? We're we're, we're almost at episode 70 and I just want to get people excited and pumped up.
1: All right. Well, but that I'm also pumped. got you
0: pumped up too, right? It did, yeah. totally. I'm,
1: now I'm super pumped. I, before I was just like, eh,
0: no. <laughs> So let's see. Uh, we just got, no, that was the last episode. We got back from the coaches retreat. We went over that. Um, we are continuing on with the beautification of Achieve. So we finished the bathroom, Sarah and Ariel have added some finishing touches to the bathrooms. And now we're trying to figure out, uh, what to do with our new sort of like retail merchandise area, like our supplements, like where to put the clothing. I think we've figured out the overall design, but we just need to implement it. I think it's going to be a little bit of a DIY project, um, which probably scares Lauren because I'm going to be doing the diy part <laughs> um it might be all out of whack but you know no, we'll see what happens no. um and something else that we want to try to do is put up these wall decals with like uh, i don't want to say motivational because I, I think it'll be a little bit cheesy if they're just motivational quotes up on the wall but just like these like stickers that basically you know are very achieve like but we're having a tough time kind of balancing the line between cheesy and actually like brand building yeah. and achieve so we're still trying to figure it out um but definitely something to do with positivity and inclusivity obviously
1: yeah i mean peace love, and muscles is gonna be one of them for sure
0: yeah they like i was looking at some uh some stuff online one was like sweat is just your fat crying oh
1: my I'm god like
0: oh my goodness <laughs> this is ridiculous um so definitely nothing like that no <laughs> um but yeah there, there was some other pretty pretty bad fitness examples i was like oh man this is the not- this is not good. We need to continue to, to talk about why this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool.
1: Cool. All right. So we've got three topics for you today. The first one came from actually a former member of ours. This is from Renee. And she asked, question for the podcast. My trainer put some dips and overhead extensions in my program. I I was like, can I do overhead presses and KB halos instead or plank ups Or do those exercises have merit? So she's basically asking. So Renee moved to New York. So now she's working with a different trainer. Um, She's just asking if things like dips and overhead extensions like tricep um, isolation exercises do have any merit or if she should stick to more compound exercises like what she was doing. Like overhead
0: pressing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I kind of feel bad like when our achievers leave our gym now and go to other gyms because they I think at this point they've developed so much like autonomy and get so much knowledge. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. And now they're, now they're telling their trainers what they should be doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is like pretty awesome. Like she's like, hey, this is what I've learned before. Like, And, mm-hmm. and she's not telling, like saying no, she's just like questioning it. Like, yeah. well, I, have, I haven't done this. So why haven't I done it in the past? And, and why are you putting it in now? And trying to get some more knowledge. And I, I love that our members are always actually really invested in why they're doing something rather than just kind of blindly following along. Because mm-hmm. that's when people get really like reliant on their trainers and they never feel like they can go on vacation and do something on their own or yeah. if they move, they're like, oh my gosh, like what am I possibly going to yeah. do? Or if
0: their trainer moves, like yeah. you, we, we need to build autonomy. And for you coaches out there, it's important to put in circumstances where your um, trainee has autonomy as well. I think a lot of coaches are like, oh, if I tell them everything or show them everything, then they'll just take that and leave. But it's in reality, it's the total opposite. That sort of, um, I guess, scarcity mindset will basically limit your client's success. And if you do things that are going to, you know, up your client's success, they're they're only going to stay with you longer. There's there's nothing, um, there's no harm coming from giving your person more value than, you know, than less.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And if somebody is like, you've literally taught me everything I can possibly know, I'm going to go off and do it on my own, then you should feel really proud of that. And you'll get somebody new to fill in their spot who you get to now take on that journey as well. Yeah, Right. Totally. So, like, if you do lose a client or two because of that, like, <laughs> congratulations. You you accomplished, like, the mission, which yeah. is to actually make people feel successful and feel like they can do this. Definitely. So, yeah.
0: Um, as far as the question goes, I mean, this probably stems back to, like, you know, we probably should also talk about isolation-based stuff. But, ba- I mean, basically what happens is we end up talking to the vast majority of people who tend to forego compound movements and do more isolation-based stuff, right? So we're trying to kind of make a shift towards...
1: Swing the pendulum the other way. Exactly. So maybe
0: we should just kind of clarify that. We also really like isolation-based movements as well. I think that probably 70 to 80% of the time, you should do something compound exercise-related that really maximizes as many muscle groups working together as possible because that's how your body works in everyday life. The rest of the time, 20 to 30% of the time, I think isolation uh, based exercises have a lot of merit. Um, you know, obviously bodybuilders have, you know, put a lot of time into isolation based exercises and I've had great results with them. Um, also I would say like physical therapists, like technically all those rehabby and prehabby types of exercises are all isolation based exercises as well. Things like rotator cuff exercises or clam um, clamshells, hip exercises. so you know we really enjoy isolation exercises and there's definitely a time and a place for them
1: yeah the the thing that we the reason that we always teach compound exercises first is because we doing isolation exercises alone won't typically get the results that people are looking for when they only have maybe 3 days a week 3 to 4 days a week to work out at an hour per mm-hmm. workout Um, just doing isolation exercises isn't going to be enough stimulus for your body, whether you're looking to build overall strength, lose weight, like whatever your goal is, those isolation exercises are just not going to provide that much stimulus and you're not going to see as much growth in either muscle growth or weight loss, like in any direction, you're just not going to see that much change. Um, Whereas incorporating more compound exercises is going to get you there faster, but then isolation exercises on top of it to just kind of, like, work on the little little area that you want to pop a little more, like yeah. triceps. If you're like, oh, I'd love to see my triceps, like, yeah, maybe you do need to do a couple isolation exercises there after you've already gotten this overall um, total body, like, stimulation from that from the compound movements.
0: Yeah. If you're basic, if you're the, predom- if you're, if the vast majority of your workout are isolation-based exercises, the only way to produce enough of a stimulus for your body to change is to work out really frequently. And that's why you see so many bodybuilding plans that are five, six, even seven days a week, sometimes twice a day, because they need more, more stimulus from those isolation based exercises. So bodybuilders can get away with it because they're just training so frequently. Um, But for, yeah, I mean, for the general population, like most people have time to work out two to three times a week. So I would say 80 to 90% of their time should be dedicated towards compound type movements. But then the other 10% can, you know, be reserved for, like Lauren was saying, certain areas that, you know, you want to focus on a little bit extra attention to. Or for us, what we like to do is also um, spend some time working on potential areas that need a little bit more strengthening. Like Mm -hmm. runners, for example, they can work on their posterior chain, their hamstrings, their glutes a little bit more, uh, maybe their calves a little bit more as well. Um, people that like like, let's say play volleyball we've got a bunch of volleyball players they might need a little bit extra shoulder stability work and we might do some rotator cuff exercises or people that have had a pre, uh, pre-existing history of back pain we'll do a little bit more core exercises with so there's a lot of kind of room to play there but yeah we definitely prioritize compound movements but isolation exercises have a time and a place and have a lot of merit
1: I will say that um, you want to make sure that you're when you're doing isolation exercises you're not going into it with the mindset of losing fat in that area yes, um yeah. that's that's a big misunderstanding i think out there is that like if you do tricep extensions you'll lose like fat in that tricep area mm-hmm. and you'll see your muscle and the truth is you can't do that like you can't spots to reduce fat from um, you can grow muscle in that area so if you simultaneously grow muscle in that area and lose weight via healthy diet and overall sort of like stimulus from your workouts Mm -hmm. then you might see those muscles like pop a little bit more but you can't expect to tone or lose weight in a in a specific area by focusing on that area with exercise yeah and hopefully that's that's clear as well yeah so so to answer Renee's question, if as long as she's doing compound movements in her program as well, we don't think there's anything wrong with adding in these, these uh, extra isolation moves yeah. toward the end of the workout. If they're the predominant um, exercise, then maybe I would say, hey, I, I would just love to do kettlebell presses. Can I put those into my program yeah. as well? Yeah. Cool. Throw that in there. Cool. All right. So th- that was question number one. Question number two.
0: Actually, I'll go through this one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it is, what would be your advice for shoulders popping when raising my arms? Uh, I, I That might be the first question I've ever um, asked on the show.
1: I know, you never read that. Yeah. He just uh, grabbed just, the phone out of my hands. grabbed the phone. Um, <laughs> but it's
0: because I answered the question during an Instagram Q&A, so I just wanted to go through it, and just to remind myself what I even wrote. <laughs> so again, what's the advice for shoulder popping when raising my arm? So I kind of laid out a five-step process. Number one, any sort of injury or any sort of kind of like ailment that could be ailing you <laughs> um, is getting it checked out by a PT, a medical professional of some sort. Um, there, like, There's nothing ever wrong with getting further checked out by someone who uh, just kind of understands what's going on, just in case that there is a deeper root cause to what might be happening. So number one is definitely getting it checked out by PT. Um, number two, we would say is upper back mobility work. So we often refer to upper back in our posts as T-spine, thoracic spine, and that's just your upper back. And basically, if, you, um, if you're just in your seat right now, just slouch forward for me. And from there, maintaining a slouched forward posture, just try to raise your arms up slowly overhead as high as possible. And what you'll find is that your overhead mobility gets really limited because you're slouched forward, because your T-spine is flexed forward. However, if you stand up tall or sit up straight, you'll realize that your arm gets further and further overhead. And your shoulder mobility increases not because you stretched your shoulder, but because you actually mobilize your T-spine. So T-spine is probably the number one place that we start in terms of mobility in order to affect um, shoulder stability and shoulder mobility um, as a whole. So that's number two, number three, what we work on is just a lot of upper back work. Um, we try to do, um, generally speaking, more pulling exercises than pushing exercises. So things like um, deadlifting, rowing, um, pull up variations, farmer carries, where you're working your grip and keeping your shoulder blades back and down, all things that support your upper and mid back. That's what we tend to do. Um, and then number uh, four, Is more isolated based exercises. Actually, this is perfect because we start off with compound and then we go to more isolation based exercises like rotator cuff work, um, band W's, wall slides, um, getting in a push up position and doing shoulder taps, um, various shoulder stability based exercises like that. And then finally, the last piece to all this is to cool down and end with a little bit of soft tissue quality work like putting a lacrosse ball in the back of your shoulder or maybe in the front of your shoulder and going through various different ranges of motion with that. If you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, it's, it would be very wise to go see a coach or a physical therapist just to, again, see what's going on and hopefully provide you with some solutions in from a soft tissue standpoint. But it's kind of our five-step process with really anytime anyone has any sort of injury. It's first, let's go get it checked out by a medical professional and make sure nothing is going on at an underlying level. Focus on compound movements that might help it out. Focus on isolation-based exercises that might help it out. Incorporate mobility work. Incorporate soft tissue work. And that's kind of our general theme. Yeah. Yeah. Great.
1: I mean, the only the only time I would say maybe you don't have to go get it checked out right away is if there's no like pain or discom- discomfort associated with the popping. Like if they're just getting like a a sound, it's usually actually just like a ligament sliding over Mm -hmm. um, another one or like, or air or whatever. There's, there's sometimes it's not an injury. It's just that for whatever reason, your, your joint isn't like tracking Properly, and yep. so you're just getting a little pop. Like, my knee pops every time I squat, but yeah. I have no pain with it. Right. So, what I... I still try to, like, mobilize my... Like, stretch my quads out and, like, make sure that my ankles are getting mobilized. So, kind of, like, working the joints around and, like, below and above it and everything like that. Um, but because there's never been any pain, mm-hmm. I've, I've actually skipped that step. So... Yeah. if If you're, like just feeling a little popping maybe you can skip that step start with all the other stuff we talked about and then if it's still happening and it, and it just makes you nervous then it's worth getting checked out yeah 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 cool cool all right and then our last one is from just past fitness and she said Hi Lauren and Jason. I'm a new personal trainer and I've been working with one of my clients for almost two months now. She started off at five foot seven, 204 pounds. And while she's seen significant strength improvements along with changes in her body and how she looks, her weight is still only at 200. She's been eating smaller portions and trains with me two times a week, focusing on compound movements. One day is a full body push workout, squats, dumbbell, bench press, etc. The other day is full body pull, trap bar deadlifts, lat pull downs, etc. As well as 10 to 15 minutes of HIIT training at the end. I was wondering if you have any suggestions on what could be causing her weight to stay stagnant, and things I could try with her to help her reach her goal of losing weight.
0: Cool. cool. Um, yeah, this is um, this is an important question that I thought um, would be helpful to answer. Um, I think this is something that, like all all coaches probably have experience, especially yeah. kind of like, um, especially in like the strength and conditioning like area, um, their clients or members tend to get stronger because that's a lot more controllable, especially with the well-designed program. But um, w- because weight loss, fat loss, that's such like there's so much more to it than just doing a certain exercise. And it's like calories in, calories out, and then boop, boop, and then you lose weight sort of thing. Um, there's a lot more that goes to it, um, that goes into it. Um, and then, you know, the first thing that we always try to do with whoever we're working with is actually determine whether or not weight loss is a really important goal for them specifically and personally, or it's just something that they think that they should say. And if it's something that they think that they should say due to outside pressures or what the media says or um, Instagram says, like all these sorts of things, then your heart basically isn't going to be in it as much and it's gonna be more of a chore and less enjoyable. And that just really ends up just not being enough to promote some sort of stimulus or adaptation yeah is that what you would agree with
1: yeah totally i mean i think that like there are many valid reasons for wanting to lose weight and so if as long as she is somebody who's like this is meaningful to me because i feel like my mobility is limited and i want to be able to play with my kids or like whatever yeah. it is like as long as she has some like real like reasons that are meaningful to her for why to to lose weight then we just continue on but there's a lot of people who when you dig and you say like why is that why is that important to you like there are some people who just will answer like well you know like everyone wants to lose weight yeah or everyone wants to be thinner and we're like okay well that's not really like why is it important to you (laughs) like that's why it's important to maybe in your mind everyone else but why is it important to you and if they can't come up with a reason then maybe we start to shift the focus and say let's just stop thinking about weight loss for right now and focus on strength And focus on the things that matter to you like what is important to you what do you want to be able to do and they may actually realize that they want to just challenge themselves physically they want to be able to run a 5k or the like different things that they want to be able to accomplish than just losing weight
0: yeah i mean we've had a number of instances where it's like we say that and then you almost see like the sigh of relief come from them like their shoulders drop and they're like oh like i've gotten they they almost needed permission from someone else to say it's okay to be exactly the way you are and we can just continue to get healthier and fitter on top of it yeah. sort of thing. Um, I remember you, Lauren, you had a nutrition workshop and one of um, one of the people were basically like, you know, what if I don't want to lose weight? I just like want to eat healthier to be healthier. And you're like, that's totally fine. And <laughs> like, yeah. that's like, that's what should be the goal. Yeah. And then, um, you know, a lot of times just general weight loss ends up happening as a result of that. Cause like you just, Put put yourself through a lot less pressure.
1: Yeah, you minimize stress. You you actually are like for me too. Like when I stopped focusing on it so much, my I was a stress eater and I stress ate over wanting to lose weight. Yeah. And so when my stress lowered, I stopped stress eating as much and I started to lose weight because I wasn't stressing about it. So it is like this really incredible like backwards cycle that we all put ourselves in, put ourselves through. Yeah. Where it's Pressure to lose weight. So, stress about it, worry about it, think about it all the time, talk poorly to ourselves, like lose sleep over it, all these unhealthy things that we do and like, fl- you know, go on crazy diets and then swing the other way, and all these things that we do in attempts to lose weight. When if we just stop focusing on it so much, sometimes that's actually how we lose weight. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to, it can be hard to talk to someone, you know, about that. It's a longer term process of really just asking them questions and just really making sure that you're on the same page with them as a trainer. It can be easy to just be like, okay, this is your goal. This is what we're going to do. And to just start writing down a plan and like, and, but then if you never really figured out why that goal was important, you skipped a really huge step and that person actually, you might not be serving that person as well as you could be. Totally. So, so number one is definitely figure out the why and just make sure that it actually is something that's meaningful. Yeah. Um, And like,
0: so you can just blatantly just ask, you know, why is weight loss or fat loss important to you? And then they'll say some sort of probably a surface answer. And then you can ask, you know, two to three more versions of why is that important to you? And you can start to peel back the layers and you'll start to get an understanding of what the true importance is of that goal. Or they might realize that, you know what, actually it's not that important to them. Right. So So let's say, let's
1: say for this person, like you ask why they want to lose weight and they say, I don't know. I just feel like I, I should. And you mm. say, okay, why do you feel like you should? And then they say something like, well, um, I have a family history of like of people dying from obesity. And then yeah. you say, okay, so like then you're starting to get it to the real cause of like they're 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 wanting to go for longevity. Like mm. they the reason they want to lose weight is because they've seen it affect family members and yeah. that kind of thing. And then it's important. And then you actually have something to go off
0: of. Yeah. Like, then you can use. Um, certain key words like longevity or just like planning for the future or thinking long-term like sorts of like words that trigger directly to that emotional connection to the why and you can target your um just your language much better once you figure that out yeah um i would say in this case okay so let's say we've established that she does actually want to lose weight for that very specific reason that lauren just mentioned the easiest thing to do would be to add another training day, probably. That's mm-hmm. probably the easiest way to go about it. However, what we realize is that, you know, people, like, sometimes their max training days is two days a week, and that's totally fine. So now we have to go to another step, which Lauren will go into now.
1: Yeah, so if if they can't add a third day a week, which even if they can, I think that still nutrition is going to be yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, need to be addressed. So um, adding a third day would be, number one, if they can. Whether they can or not, um, after adding that and getting that consistently into the routine, then we would want to talk about nutrition. And this is a fine line for coaches because if you're not you're not a dietitian unless you are, but for most of us we're not dietitians <laughs> or nutritionists. so we have to we can't write meal plans. And also writing a meal plan isn't usually actually that helpful for someone. Um, so you want to think about, strategies and implementing habits for them one step at a time being very very slow with these habits um but building them over a course of a long period of time Mm -hmm. and so usually you know you can talk to them about what they think is maybe A limiting factor in their nutrition so for a lot of people what I like to ask is what do you feel like you're doing really well right now in terms of nutrition I usually start off with that because I want them to realize that there are things that they're already doing well so they don't get into this kind of negative like I'm just a failure with Mm -hmm. with diet so what's going well for you and it sounds like she's been working on portion control um that's like been the she's been eating with smaller portions was in here um so it sounds like that maybe she like tends to have a really good dinner or whatever it is just ask her to list off some things that she's doing well and then ask where do you feel like you um what do you feel like you're struggling with with nutrition and a lot of times it's portion control a lot of times it might be like cravings at night like craving dessert after eating late after dinner Um, but just let them talk to you about what has been difficult for them and then give them a strategy to overcome that so if it's portion control which it is for a lot of people um my first go-to strategy will be why don't we talk why don't we think about slowing down your eating um a great way to portion control is just to slow down everything so let's think let's next time you go to, to sit down for a meal just put on a timer and see how long it takes you to finish that meal and say it takes you five minutes what you're not realizing is that in that five-minute span, your body has never given you, it's never had the chance to give you a signal that you're full because it takes 20 minutes to get to that point. So you might, you might actually feel, you totally feel like you should still keep eating during that five minutes because your body still feels hungry. And so you're going to keep going, keep going, and you don't even realize that you didn't need to eat all that food. So let's now try to work our way toward taking 20 minutes to finish a meal. And what you might find is that you're going to actually end up with some food on your plate that you realize your body actually told you I don't need this I'm actually satisfied I'm actually okay so giving very specific strategies not just saying let's try for smaller portions Mm -hmm. um but very specific strategies that's going to be a goal for them to try to do for two weeks um you don't have to We don't want it to be like try this today and this tomorrow and this the next day like it needs to be a long-term thing so that it really sticks yeah um Another way of going about portion control is you can say, okay, let's practice giving yourself the normal amount that you normally would and then leaving, you know, three quarters or leaving a quarter of that on your plate and putting it away for 20 minutes. That's another way. If you don't have like, if, if they're having a hard time doing the prolonging the meal, eat three quarters of the meal, and then just put the rest in the fridge. Put it in a Tupperware and put it away. Mm -hmm. And then wait 20 minutes before deciding if you want to go back for it or if you feel okay. Because sometimes you're like, you just forget that you thought you were still hungry. (laughs) And then as you go on with your day, you're like, oh, no, I actually feel okay. I'm actually totally satisfied. So it's it's a lot of listening to your body, like introspective stuff. Um, But giving strategies like that are going to be really helpful as opposed to Telling them what to eat, yeah, because no, nobody really needs to know that they should be eating more vegetables, or like <laughs> needs to hear it, right? They know that, and those are things that obviously you do want to reiterate, like, hey, try to make sure that you're getting a, a lot of veggies in your meals and things like that. But the the actual habit strategies are going to be the way to go at the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's pretty pretty good right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, again, it's going to be there's so many different approaches to this and different avenues you can go depending on what they're they're dealing with. So, I would say maybe for for this individual, if you try some out and have success, we'd love to hear from it from you. If mm-hmm. you haven't had success and you want some more ideas on like specific nutrition topics to talk about with with this individual, we could talk about that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. So, yeah, and and don't get um like, discouraged as the coach, either if the person isn't losing weight. I know I've, I used to, we don't weigh people in very often anymore, yeah. um, unless they like really specifically ask for it. But I remember I used to get like disappointed, like, oh, I, like I felt like I was failing that person. Um, but as long as you're, like having the best intentions and you're giving them everything that you know and that you can do like just continue to have conversations with them and ask them questions about how you can help them more where they feel like they need you the most is it with another workout or is it with nutrition advice and keep asking them for those whys and and the places that they can use it that that they can use your help yeah so yeah cool cool all right well i believe those are all of the answers to your burning questions for today we really, really appreciate all the questions that you've sent in. If you have more questions that we haven't answered, you can send them to us at Boston on Instagram. And if you wouldn't mind going in and opening up that little podcast app on your phone and leaving us a review, we'd be super, super happy about that. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.